Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Wow, is it a fun time of year, and wow, is it going to be a fun evening all the way around the Big Sky Conference and all the way around the Treasure State. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Most days, SWX Montana television around the state of Montana, but not today because the Frontier Conference Tournament is underway. Men's basketball action on SWX. University of Providence taking on Rocky Mountain College early in the second half. Providence up 45-39. Frontier's been really competitive this year. This would be a bit of an upset, though. Rocky Mountain, certainly a good squad. I mean, they were in the news most prevalently during non-conference hoops because they beat Montana State. MSU pulled it together then for a little while, but they've been on a downward trajectory since then. We'll probably get to that here about 4.30 because we're going to go around the big sky in men's hoops here on this Thursday. A whole bunch of men's basketball action today because he gave you a whole hour of women's basketball yesterday. If you want to get... The best prep you can for tonight's Lady Grizz game between Eastern Washington and Montana here in Missoula. Check out the podcast from yesterday's show around the Big Sky and women's hoops. Chris Redpath, our ace, our awesome Big Sky Conference women's basketball analyst. She broke down the game, all the keys to the game, what it means for both sides. And uh, now today, we'll get you set up for the men's version of this game, it'll take place in Cheney, Washington. I'm so mad that these games tip at the same time. I'm going down to Dahlberg Arena. I wouldn't miss this one on the Lady Grizz side for the world. But the men tip at the same time, so I'm going to have that up on the live stream as well because we're trying to get as much coverage as we can. We usually tweet about the entire Big Sky Conference on Skyline Sports. There's going to be a little bit more of a, a sharp focus on the Eastern Washington-Montana games, but also... The game down in Ogden, Utah. Our man Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Radio, as well as a contributing writer and podcaster at Skyline Sports, he's on the way down to Ogden. He's going down there to work on a long-form feature all about Dylan Jones. We've actually been working on this all year long, but uh, Andrew wanted to get some live and in-person with Jones. And a great weekend because Weber State hosts Northern Colorado tonight as well. So we will hear from... Riley Corkin, the voice of the Grizz here in hour number one. Then we'll keep going around the big sky in uh, men's hoops here uh, throughout the 4 o'clock hour. Hour number two, we got some football talk for you. Tyler Walker, the new offensive coordinator for the Bobcats, will be joining us here on the show at 5 o'clock. And then at 5.30, we'll hear from Travis Takir and Anand Moody to keep keep on previewing what might go down, what should go down, what will go down uh, in Cheney, Washington uh, later on this evening. So there you go, show outlook here. Uh, on to what is now. 
Mr. Safford on the other side of the glass because Andrew is on the road. So appreciate Jeff for sitting in, producing the show, and appreciate all of you for listening. If you want to see us visually, well, it is a radio show on TV. I always try to remind people that. But if you do like watching our mouths move or whatever, ESPN MT app is your best place uh, to get there. Before we get to Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, let's uh, take a look at what's been going down in the uh, high school hoops world. The Western AA Divisional started in Butte, Montana early, early this morning, 9 a.m. tip, and uh, that did not deter the Hellgate Knights. They get a nice 65-31 win over Kalispell Flathead, so they're into the semis. They will take on Helena Capital, who beat Kalispell Glacier 53-44. I wonder how that affects the mentality of the Knights. Hellgate was awesome. I think they won 13 in a row in Western AA play. But then uh, they lost. They stubbed their toe about a week ago to Glacier. So now they don't have to face that rematch. Maybe you want it because it would be a rubber match and you want some revenge. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. Either way, they're not going to get it because Capital beats Glacier. Uh, ongoing right now, Helena High, Missoula Sentinel. That one just tipped. So don't have any sort of update for you other than to tell you that it's happening. And then the 5 p.m. game is Missoula Big Sky versus Butte. The Bulldogs, the two seed, and uh, the Eagles, the seven seed in the Western AA bracket. Of course, this is being played in uh, the Mining City, Butte America, at the Butte Civic Center. On the girls' side, Missoula Big Sky, the number one seed in the West. They kept on rolling. News of the day, news of the week, I guess. I, I meant to, to mention this um, actually earlier this week, but Avery DeCoy is one of the great players there for Missoula Big Sky's girls. Nice little sophomore point guard. Great on-ball defender. I think she leads the, the state in steals. She suffered uh, an elbow injury, an arm injury, and sh- she's going to be out uh, for the rest of the postseason. So that's a bummer. That's a big-time hit to Big Sky State tournament hopes. But they still are a, a really good squad with a bunch of depth. Travis Williams doing a great job. And if they get past a sort of feisty Kalispell Flathead squad, I'm a little bit interested as to why Flathead hasn't been as good this year. Flathead played for the state title last year in girls' hoops. Kennedy Moore, who was their best player, she's the first-team All-State player last year as a junior, she's back. So I'm not sure really why they struggled, but they did give Big Sky a game if they lose 52-42. That's the one-versus-eight game. And then uh, Sentinel Hill and a capital is supposed to be the second game. I don't see a score on the updated bracket, but I will find uh, more scores for you. But the other girls' games today, uh, Sentinel Capitals, so that one's ongoing. We'll give you an update on that ASAP. It tipped at 2.30, so I'm assuming it's probably getting close to over and or over. If, if the the uh, boys' game that I said is going, the Hell in a Sentinel game is going, then that means the other one has to be over. So I'll get you an update on Sentinel Capital as well as Hell in a Sentinel on the boys' side. The girls' game tonight, Hell in a High versus Butte. And then Kalispell Glacier versus Hellgate. Hellgate has done a nice job to sort of quietly surge up to that number two seed in this Western AA Divisional. Uh, nice article in the, the Missoulian previewing these, uh, this tournament, this d- divisional tournament. And the Maddie Keast, who's the head coach of Hellgate, she said, yeah, we've really come together. It's like a family in the locker room, and that's what you want to see this time of year. If you start with a great talent like Chloe Larson, that also helps you quite a bit. She had a, a triple-double the other week. I guess it was last week. Points, rebounds, and steals. <laughs> that's that's a rare sort of triple-double. Uh, certainly one to, to write home about, though. Uh, on the other side of the state, Eastern AA Divisionals in the girls' bracket. Uh, this is being played at Montana State Billings. Billings Skyview, no trouble with Belgrade, 66-37. The Falcons advance. They'll take on Great Falls CMR in the semifinals tomorrow. CMR dispatches of Great Falls High, 45-35. Bozeman Gallatin and Billings Senior play at 6.30 tonight, and then Bozeman High and Billings West, who's the two-seed out of the East, as well as the defending state champs, they will take uh, square off at 8 p.m. Uh, there in Billings. And then in the boys' uh, Eastern AA bracket, Bozeman High undefeated still. 19 in a row now for the Hawks. They beat Great Falls High 59-35, and then Billings West. They take care of business against Great Falls CMR, 59-44. So West Bozeman in the semis, that's going to be an interesting one. For those that don't know, or those that are new, or those that just haven't been paying attention, Bozeman was a one high school town for a long time. So they didn't really have cross-town rivals. Their rival in football was always Butte. That's who they'd play like their end-of-the-season game against. 
Rival in basketball, though, is Billings West. Bozeman and Billings West are fierce basketball rivals. West obviously has two uh, inner-city rivals in Skyview and Senior, but West Bozeman's a real rivalry, so that's a very interesting semifinal game. The Hawks are absolutely rolling. West has been good, but not as good as they've perennially been, but but they will they will test Bozeman for sure. Halftime of the third game uh, at the Eastern AA Division. Let's talk about Billings Crosstown, Billings Skyview versus Billings Senior. That's probably a fun uh, environment there with those two teams playing at, there at MSUB. And uh, Billings Senior, they're ahead 23-17 over Skyview. And then the, the uh, late game on the boys' side will be Belgrade versus Bozeman Gallatin, who's the number two seed. I'll find some more scores for you. But in the meantime, caught up with an old friend. Well, our main man on in Moody's got a new nickname for Eastern Washington. He's calling them the bad guys from the east side of the Washington State. I thought that was pretty good in the post game after senior night on Saturday uh, in Missoula. Here with Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, and then we're marching towards it, the stretch run of the Big Sky Conference season. And uh, don't look now, but both Montana and uh, the Montana women's basketball team, both uh, men and lady Grizz, in contention for a Big Sky title. It's going to take uh, a little bit of help probably, but more than anything, it's going to take... The matchups against Eastern Washington uh, tonight. Uh, Thursday night, Dahlberg Arena for the ladies, and uh, then in Cheney for the men. Good to see you, man. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Great to see you, too, and it's fun. I'm glad you say marching, because I thought you were going to say March, because <laughs> March is tomorrow. March Madness is is here, but it's very fitting and kind of cool, right? Sometimes the schedule you're not in charge of when you can have relevant and good matchups. Not the case tonight. Both the Grizz and the Lady Grizz having a chance for their 20th win. Both, like you said, have a chance at the regular season crown, but maybe more importantly, playing first place Eastern Washington. It's a perfect litmus test for what's coming up here the next couple weeks. When it comes to the seeding, too, the one and the two seed are largely the same, right? I mean, just just because the way that the leagues are working right now, you get the same sort of advantage and buys and things like that, and then it's just a matter of who you play down the road, but because of the way the tournaments are structured, you have to win three games in a five-day span anyways. So, And even more so now, maybe on the men's side, to where there's no automatic qualifier for That's the right. NIT, meaning that, yeah, there's really not a difference between one or two. Sure, the nine versus the ten compared to playing the seven versus the eight, I'd make the argument right now, Idaho might be the most dangerous team in the bottom four, and for they're sure. probably going to be the nine. So is it really an advantage? Eastern found that out the hard way last year. Northern Arizona was the nine seed. Was no that really an advantage? There's no perfect system to a culture, but but you're right. I would say the, the one and the two, pretty even as far as the, the benefit that you get from it. We'll start on the men's side. Uh, first of all, I'll ask you this. Where have you seen this Grizz team grow between when they got smacked out in Portland? I, I had such a hard time getting a beat on this Grizz team December and January. February, I think they're good, and I think they have a chance to be really good. I thought there was another affirming moment on Saturday with, with them controlling that game against Portland State and then pulling away late. It's a big win, even though Portland State's struggling a little bit lately. They're a talented team. That's a hard team to prepare for and play against. Montana didn't look like they prepared at all before the game in Portland. They got ran rough shot, and then they just sort of rolled over and died. Where have you seen this Grizz team grow in the last month or so? I really think the unselfishness is yeah. really showing out to me, and I think also you're, you're getting – the path of, of these guys' career. We we lauded those seniors last week for good reason, right? The, a unique senior class. Totally. But I also think, Coulter, that when you look at it, that they've played 700 games collectively of college basketball, that there might be circumstances to where, yeah, you beat Montana State and Weber State, and then you go on the road to Portland State. It's hard to to maybe keep the energy up. And I know that that might come off as an excuse, but it was circumstantial, I think, at the time to where it was the wake-up call they needed to where, hey, guys, you get to a point. I really go back to the championship teams, too, at the Grizzlies when they went back-to-back 26 wins, back-to-back tournaments, that so much individual talent all, all over the place, senior-laden leadership. But there came a point in the season where you threw stats out the window and it didn't matter whose night it was going to be. We just need to win. And I feel that that gear has been shifted with this Grizzly men's team that, hey, guys, we've we've done all we can from an individual accomplishment standpoint. Now, all that's left 
is going to the NCAA tournament. And for guys like Brandon Whitney and Josh Vasquez, they do not want to be the answer to a trivia question. It has been the longest stretch without a championship in 35 years. Wow. Every player that has finished their entire career at Montana has had a Big Sky Conference championship. Every player since 1991. That's crazy. And Josh All the way Vaz- back to the Stu Morrill yes. days. Wow. And Josh Vasquez and Brandon Whitney, if things don't go the Grizzlies' way this year, would be the answers to a trivia question. So I think, all that being said, the motivating factor now is a singular focus. And I think that that has really benefited this group, that no matter what seed that they are going into it, that they know that the collective sum of the parts is so much more important than what they do on an individual level. Yeah, we can go into the X's and O's of, of how they have been a little bit different. Obviously, Brandon Whitney's aggressiveness is so important. Lau Luoki being just some sort of offensive presence is huge, too, because yes. if he's not, then you're playing five on four and can double team somebody else. So I think that although it might not look at it on the surface, Lau Luoki just being a little bit of a scoring presence the last couple of weeks has absolutely helped. No doubt, because then you can keep him on the court, and he absolutely is essential for what the Grizz need. Rim protect wise I mean, he's a ferocious rebounder. I mean, goodness gracious. He's great. I mean, I was like looking at the stats after the Sac State game. I was like, did that guy have 25 rebounds? How many rebounds did he have? He had 14. And, uh, I mean, he's he's really coming to his own. Deshaun Thomas is the other one, though, too. They always knew they're going to get scoring. And, uh, you know, long-range shooting from Deshaun Thomas. The fact that he's rebounding at an elite all-conference-type level and protecting the rim a little bit as well, that changes everything they do offensively. Because the, the thing is, Brandon Whitney's a great on-ball defender. He's also small. And Anand Moody is a great offensive player. He's he's only a fine uh, defensive player, right? I mean, he's, he's their Steph Curry. He's great yeah. off-ball. He just has a hard time on the ball. They don't. What I'm saying is they don't have a lot of size in their backcourt, and you can exploit that if you don't have a good frontcourt. You got guys protecting the rim, though. It changes everything that they do offensively. And then you put Josh Vasquez in that mix, and now you're a pretty salty defensive team and a really good offensive team. And the X factor from the offensive side has been Tejon Sawyer. And yeah. give credit to how they've been able to work him in. The, the Montana State game was an outlier. He got in some foul trouble and just was a non-factor. But outside of that, in Big Sky games, Tejon Sawyer's been that punch. So what I've liked is the front court, as you've just talked about. You have three guys that have unique skill sets between Thomas, Oki, and Sawyer. And the rotation of that is very beneficial for the Big Sky Conference because, as you know well, Coulter, on a given week, and you are playing vastly different styles. And no I think doubt. Sacramento State and Portland State's the perfect example of that. But even more so, you play NAU, UNC, you're probably not going to face teams that have defensive intensity. Then on the flip side of it, you do. So uh, again, I think the rotation of those guys has also been really important for these guys down the stretch. Eastern Washington looked like they might be sliding a little bit. They uh, lost to Weaver State at home. Then they took one on the chin to Northern Arizona. I would like to say that I called that on the show. Uh, not that I did, thought NAU was going to straight up win, but I said NAU was going to give Eastern some problems. There's some matchup stuff there, but there's also just the confidence factor, right? Like they were they were in Flagstaff. NAU was the team that ousted uh, Eastern from the from the uh, Big Sky Tournament last year. But Eastern got right in a big way last weekend. Uh, I mean, that's one of the bigger wins of the conference season so far to win at Northern Colorado and reassume sole possession of first place by two full games. So uh, this Eastern team's fascinating, though. Travis DeKir, now in year 10, has an upper hand against pretty much everybody in the league. The only one he doesn't have a real upper hand against is Eastern Washington. Why? Why do you think Eastern is always such a thorn in the Grizzlies' sides, especially these last handful of years? I tell you what, they've won three in a row now against the Grizz. And that I just, think six out of nine. Yeah, and that just doesn't happen. I mean, the Grizzlies did sweep them a couple of years ago, but outside of those two wins, you're right. Six out of the last nine have went the way of Eastern and kind of fittingly, ironically, whatever word you want to use, that also was the beginning of the stretch without a championship for the Grizzlies. So it has well, been. Well, Eastern's basically yeah, replaced Montana atop the league, You're right? right. And Eastern Washington, believe it or not, th- this one surprised me doing the prep this week for the game tonight, is that Eastern Washington, if they win the regular season crown, which is trending that way, it would be the first time in program history they won back-to-back regular season titles. Right. So Eastern Washington's done a phenomenal job. Well, shoot, I mean, how many do they even have total? Maybe four or five? Yeah, five regular season yeah, titles, five regular season three titles. tournament titles. Yep, three tournament yeah, titles, yeah. And, and we were out in They've always been good, but they've, oh, they've yeah. had a hard time really getting over the top. It's been this last couple of years, and it's been a little bit underpublicized only because people said, oh, kind of grain of salt because 
of the COVID year. And okay, but now I mean they they are the the program oh, in yeah. the in the league over this last little three to four year span. They are, and I think that their unique style from the size standpoint in this particular league yeah. to have the size that they do is just really hard to not only defend but hard to prepare for. And I think just with the skill set and the makeup of what the Grizzlies' strengths have been under Coach Dakir, that it's a really tough matchup to overcome. And then, I hate to say this, but you put the mental hurdle on top of it, too. That certainly is there. And I do think that going into tonight, it's going to be fascinating to see. Do the Grizzlies really play loose with nothing to lose? Coach Dakir told us that in postgame on Saturday. We've got no pressure on us. It's all on Eastern Washington to do that. Well, this is the circumstance tonight where you can show that you're on par with Eastern Washington, right? That, that, that they're the ones trying to clinch the title where you guys can go be the spoiler. And, and I just think, again, from a size standpoint, defending the three-point line, Jake Kyman went crazy uh, against the Grizzlies in Missoula. Big Sky High, 21 points for, the, for him. But you got to pick your poison because if you want to defend the three-point line, then you're going to have massive size disadvantages inside. And that's where they can get you. I mean, there's a reason they've had four of the last six Big Sky MVPs with their system. So you just have to tip your cap. As tough as it is being a, a rival, let's just say, I know it's not football, so Coach Alk won't get mad at me for that. But <laughs> the basketball side of things, for sure, it is one of the rivals. And David Riley's done a good job reigning Coach of the Year and, and from what they've done. But, but let's... Keep this in mind, too. Their top four scorers, all the returners from last year. So they've kept their core in place. Yeah, they've added Kyman. They've got Lawan Watson there. But it's been that core four that has really led the way. And you don't know who's going to hit you on a given night. Fascinating roster construction as well. It's Noah's now ESPN Radio, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, uh, joining us here, uh, as well as on SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. It's our Big Sky Spotlight presented by Maldonado Law. Visit BigSkyDefender.com for any and all of uh, your legal needs from Dave Maldonado and his team. I mean, Coward, Cedric Coward's a D3 transfer. Dane Eric Stroop's a D2 transfer. I mean, you look up and down Casey this Casey Jones, you wouldn't think I mean, that Casey Jones a, I mean, didn't even start in high school. Granted, grain of salt because he went to a, a paper mill. He went to a giant academy, Wasatch Academy, that produces a bunch of headlining guys. I asked Travis to care about that, though, because I thought that was an interesting fold. I said, how much is that a factor, though, the fact that these guys know how to fit a role? Like, Casey Jones is a, is a D1 caliber athlete. He, he probably lacks a couple D1 skills, but he also has great athleticism. But he, he, you don't have to get him to buy into a role. He was the seventh man in high school. So he's totally fine being like your junkyard dog, fifth man in your starting lineup. Uh, it's interesting the way that they've built this entire roster up. Well, yeah, and role definition is so important now, especially from the transfer portal, because you get guys all over the place, and, and everybody wants to get theirs, right? That's the term yeah. everyone, they, they want to get their points. They want to get their shots. But the true championship teams have guys like Casey Jones, have guys like Ethan Price. That Yeah, he's the, the the preseason all big sky guy, but at the same time, he's okay passing along to Cedric Coward and letting Coward be the guy. 30 points for him at Northern Colorado. I just want to know how good Coward was at D3 and how good he would be if he was playing D3 right now. Well, 19 points per game and 12 rebounds per game as a freshman, and he broke I, the school yeah, record in blocks. So, I, you know... I, I think he was pretty I mean, good. That guy is a freak he's athlete. silky smooth. He's man. one of the great athletes in the conference. I just don't understand how he possibly went. <laughs> this is like when they had Jake Wiley, too. I mean, Jake Wiley's yeah. playing the Frontier Conference. How? Jake Wiley stepped in the Big Sky Conference. He was the best he was athlete in the league, day one. How is this guy playing against Carroll College and then coming and dominating Montana and Montana State? It's it's pretty crazy, the the, the guys that Eastern's been able to find over this last handful of years. Yeah, and Kyman, too. I mean, he's a guy, he breaks UCLA's right. freshman record with most threes in a game. And then he goes to Wyoming, things don't work out. But then for him, his final year, to be able to buy into a role, that's the biggest thing. And, and just getting into the numbers, I don't want to get too stat-heavy with you, but they're top 50 in the nation in six categories, Coulter, and I think those six categories tell a story to, to the bigger picture. Points per game, assists per game, threes made, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, free-throw percentage. They get people in, in disadvantages all the time. They put themselves in advantageous situations, and that is why they've been successful here, trending towards another 21 season, another banner they're going to hang at Reese Court. It'll be interesting to see. What do you think of the keys of this matchup? Because these are uh, contrasting styles as uh, as well. I hate that I'm saying this, but I really think for the Grizz, they need the three ball to fall down. They, they need right. to, to. For them to try and counter Eastern's effectiveness with how good they are offensively, Eastern's going to get their points. You might be able to slow them down a little bit. You need to keep pace offensively. How have the Grizz been able to do that this year? It's when the threes are flying. What does that mean, though? 
ball movement. They yeah. have to, the, the biggest number in tonight's game is assists. You will know if the Grizzlies win by their assist total. We'll see. Let's put a number on it. 15 or more assists, Grizz win. Less than 12, I think it'd be really hard for them to go on the road and beat Eastern Washington. Big one tonight at Dahlberg. Actually, in fact, the biggest. That's the biggest game in the league this year, I'd say, on the women's side. The uh, I was thinking about this the other day, first of all. Jody Gleason is only in year three at Eastern Washington. Her and Brian Holsinger hired at the same time, as was Kristen Matteo at Northern Colorado. Mark Campbell at Sac State is already on his. He's already on a, another job there. Uh, but there was five coaches hired. At the, I guess Chelsea Gregg at Portland State is the other one. Five new head coaches three years ago. And you got two of them that are in the mix for Big State titles in year three. But Jody Gleason, what a job. I mean, Eastern's women have been good. They've been good. Uh, but ever since, when Randy Schuler was first let go after 20 years at the helm, a lot of people were saying, what's going on? I mean, she's the longest tenured coach in the league. They'd had great players like the Hodgian sisters mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, some of the other good players that they'd had there. Even though they were a little bit down the regular season, Schuler's last two years, they'd made tournament runs. Well, Gleason's done an unbelievable job. They, they already have set their school record for wins in a season with 23. They're marching. They've only won the regular season conference title one time ever. That was in 2010. And so they're a driver's seat for that right now as well. And what a fitting moment for them, an opportunity to cap it in the, the, you know, the most iconic arena in the Big Sky women's basketball. On the flip side, what an opportunity for the Lady Grizz. Lady Grizz have been, to me, one of the most interesting women's basketball teams I've ever covered because they are so apparently and obviously talented. And the style, if you haven't watched Lady Grizz, you guys should come to Dahlberg Arena tonight because this team, dribble drive, kick, I mean, they shoot it like nobody's business. I mean, they're... Number one in the nation. They're number in one three, in the nation. You know who's two and three? Caitlin Clark's Iowa Hawkeyes and Jordan Sullivan's Utah Utes. <laughs> it's amazing. The, the Lady Grizz are number one. It's amazing. I mean, they have so many shooters. They're... Their center can shoot it. Step out and shoot it, for God's sake. Danny Barsh is knocked down. So, uh, really fun style. And for all of the different things we've analyzed about this Lady Grizz team, can they step up in big games? Can they get it done? Can they have sustained efforts? Well, they showed it against Montana State. I thought they had their most complete effort. Then they go on the road, and they have nothing close to complete efforts, but... They figured out a way to get a road sweep. I mean, I, I, I know, like you're saying, we don't want to make excuses for them, but playing in the bandbox that is the hornet's nest down there in Sac State, I mean, man, it's a, it's weird. Sight lines, there's 400 people on the whole gym. They painted maximum. the whole thing green now, and it feels like you're in the twilight zone it's, when you walk it's in weird. There. It's weird. It's weird. Lady Grizz played awful last oh. Thursday. And they found a way to win. That's one of those. I mean, we were. I was texting with our, our mutual buddy Nate Harris for the who's the associate head coach there in Montana. I said, "Hey, that's one where you just burn the tape, right?" He's like, "We don't. We're never going to speak of that game again. We won. It's a win. That's it. Move on." So uh, this is though now the biggest test of the year. You got Eastern Washington coming to town, and uh, it's a huge opportunity for both of these programs. But if the Lakers can win, they can stay alive in this conference uh, championship race. They could, and I think regardless of how the final standings shake out, right? Even if the Lady Grizz went out but just so happened to be the number three seed, this game right here tonight is going to prove that the Lady Grizz are obviously a top contender. And I, I think that when you look at this squad of how they have journeyed through the season, they also took their lumps early. And I think that you are seeing the fruits of the labor of, of playing Gonzaga, who's in the top 15 in the country, playing a Washington State, Colorado State. And now this team's finding different ways to win, culture because you touched on it. It was an ugly game. It was a slugfest. They scored 18 first. I mean, four, four made, I think they were, what, four of 18 from three and only attempted six twos. All that being said, this team, I think the last, what, four, five, six years maybe, wouldn't have won a game like that. Wouldn't have been able to yep, overcome that's right. that. That's the biggest hurdle that I think that we have seen now, this squad, where they, they, they have crossed a lot off the list, I think, in the month of February. The demons of the Montana State, right, of, of the Cats winning 15 of the previous 18, to not only win, but to leave no doubt in that game. Huge. And, and then last weekend, to, to overcome the letdown. And now you get another opportunity tonight, because if the Lady Grizz can win this game, we all know that there are three main contenders. I think on the men's side of things, there are certainly four. Might not surprise us if someone jumped in the middle. On the women's side of things, you've watched more of it. You and Krista do a great job each week breaking down Big Sky women's basketball, but to me, there there are only three teams that I could even see playing on Wednesday in the Big Sky Conference Tournament. And, and for in the championship game. If the Lady Grizz win tonight, all three of those teams would be one and one against each other. Then you roll the ball out in Boise. I just think from a mental standpoint that, that you could get in Eastern Washington's head a little bit saying, hey, 
You guys might win the regular season crown, but you remember what happened last week in Dahlberg Arena? We're here for the challenge as well. So we'll see. If those threes are flying tonight, it, it will be fun to see if the, the Lady Grizz can pull it off. Right. Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, okay, last couple things for you here on the Grizz football front. Uh, First of all, getting a guy hired to the NFL is a good feather in the cap. Yeah. Pretty good testament to uh, Grizz defensive performance. Ronnie Bradford moving on to coach some special teams there on Mike McDaniel's staff in Miami. Um, we talked about this a lot last week, so I'll just kind of leave the floor open to you. What do you think of, of uh, now this D.C. opening? Uh, one side of this, I just rest upon the fact that Bobby Houck has always had great defenses. It doesn't matter if his defensive coordinators, Craig Paulson or Ty Gregorak or you know Ryan Bradford or Kent Barry, he's had lights-out defenses at Montana all 12 seasons he's been at the helm. They run a unique system, though. So uh, just take us through what you think of just the process of this hiring. Well, first off, congrats to Coach Bradford. Mixed emotions, right? Comes at a, a, a tougher time because it's later on in the period. Sure. But, but again, you have someone that gets to go to the NFL. That, that is a great feather in the cap for, for the University of Montana. And Coach Bradford, it's funny, the, the tiny backstory. When he was playing for the Broncos, Mike McDaniel was like, the gopher, the ball boy, and was doing all the things behind the scenes, and now full circle, Mike McDaniel's the head coach. Amazing. Gets Ronnie Bradford. You never know who's going to be your boss. You never know how that's all going to Good work out. lesson for everybody. All about who you know, not what you know sometimes, but, but absolutely. And, and I would go back to that as well. I don't think that there's much panic going on as far as, oh my goodness, we need to get someone in here. The, the, the defense, and I give Coach Houck a lot of credit for this last year, Coulter. We saw a variation to the defense that, yeah, it was the same base and the same concept, but there was more openness to adapt. And I think that was the biggest key for the Grizz to where they weren't getting gashed by big te- by teams that can run the football like Montana State, North Dakota State, like they did two years ago. And I think that those mini adjustments are huge. And I would trend that it was going it's going to be someone that obviously is familiar with the three three five. And but I also think that if Coach Houck does want to go from the outside, let's just say that there is more willingness to adapt down the road. And I think that the Grizz are in good hands either way that, that I don't worry too much about the defense. Now, on the flip side of it, this was the offensive side of things with what Brent Pease did for the Grizzly offense from a couple years ago to last season. I think maybe more alarms would be going off, but there's a clear identity not only on special teams, but with defense of what you're going to get with the Grizz. And then offensively, I know that might be for a later conversation as they get spring ball going next week. I think with the skill set of KLE EI Yacht, and the talent of the wide receiving core, you might see a different offense next year as far as how much they let that baby fly because you have to utilize what you have there. So I digress. I know the question was about defense. I do think that there's going to be uh, someone that's familiar with Coach Houck, I I think, and that understands the the base concept of the 3-3-5 with being able to adapt within it. I think that your point about the offensive side, too, is so good because you look at Brent Pease, he has, and this is a complete compliment to him as a coach, there is no way to define like his quote-unquote system. You look at what they ran at Montana in the mid-90s and then Northern Arizona at the mid-90s. It is way different than what he ran when he was at Baylor or you know some of those other uh, stops. Boise State, totally different than yeah. what they're running even now at Montana. He has proven that he can just build a system around his personnel. He's done it stop after stop during his uh, very prestigious offensive coordinator career. And particularly at quarterback, because yes, Kellen Moore right. is a lot different than Clifton McDowell. That's right, and, and a lot different than Keali Lee. Yeah, absolutely, and even Brent Pease last year. A lot right? different than Dave Dickinson. Right, right, <laughs> without a question. And so you see that, and that's why you do have to take a step back and appreciate the fact that, okay, the Grizz, even last year, Sam Vidlak was the presumed starter sure. coming in. That's a totally different offense than what the Grizzlies were basically running towards the end of of the season and during the stretch run. So, yes, I, I do uh, want to make sure we, we notice that. And it, it's, it'll be fun to watch, especially in spring ball here as we start hinting at it with Logan Fife and Kaylee Eiyad. Because you know, you and me both know, it's going to be a quarterback battle in Coach Houck's eyes until probably that third week of fall camp in That's August. how it always goes down <laughs> with Grizz football. He's Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Safe, uh, thanks for being here, man, and safe travels. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Should be fun tonight. Eastern Washington and Montana times two. The women in Missoula? The men in Cheney. We'll go around the big sky in uh, men's soup. Excuse me, Freudian slip there because we do the women's segment so often. But around the big sky in men's hoops plus divisional basketball scores on the other side. Don't change that dial. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. 
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. One, two, three. No is now on ESPN Radio. Welcome back. No is now ESPN Radio. Most of the time, SWX Montana Television, but not today because the Frontier Conference Men's Basketball Tournament is on SWX. And we're also coming to you on the ESPN MT app. I am Coulter Nuanas. Thanks so much for hanging with us here uh, on this Thursday afternoon. We're going to go around the big sky in men's hoops here uh, in just a moment. But a couple score updates for you. First of all, this game that's on SWX, a great one. Talking about offense. 86-83, Providence leads Rocky Mountain. And this is at the last media timeout. So there's still four minutes left to play. This could be uh, in the... The Hundies, uh, if they keep on going. So uh, impressive offensive display thus far there. Um, in Great Falls, this, this tournament's being played there at Expo Park, Four Seasons Arena. Safford says no bueno on the arena. I say it's fine, but that's only because I used to score points there. There's only a couple places I actually ever played well. Hellgate was not one. Neither was Sentinel. <laughs> Hell and a high, though, definitely. Butte always. Here's what I loved about Butte is I knew for a fact that when I was going into Butte that I was fouling out. I didn't have to prevent myself from fouling out. I was fouling out. Why? Well, you know, Butte always gets a little bit of home cooking. That's fine. I'm, 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 I know what's, what's going on. More than anything, though, it's because those Butte boys, they were ready to roll. You box them out hard, they're going to box you out harder. I used to love those battles. Speaking of Butte. That's where the Western Double Eight tournaments are. We gave you the update from earlier today. Uh, Missoula Hellgate, uh, this is boys. Missoula Hellgate, no problem with uh, Kalispell Flathead, 65-31. Helena Capital, uh, they get past Kalispell Glacier, 53-44. So Hellgate and Capital will play in the semis tomorrow. Helena High, Missoula Sentinel, ongoing. Big Sky and Butte later on tonight in the Western Double Eight girls side of things. Uh, Missoula Big Sky, 52-42 uh, over Kalispell Flathead. And... Uh, that's where we're at, just in terms of the uh, the finals. Uh, this fall looks like. Excuse me, I, I just pulled this up. Uh, Capital beats Sentinel. This is girls, fifty six thirty three. Excuse me. Yeah, that's right. Capital beats Sentinel girls. Sorry, I, I get confused when there are so many crossovers between boys and girls. And here we are. Uh, but that's where we're at there. Um, so we'll keep giving you scores as they uh, they come down the pipe. Let's go around the big sky, though, in men's hoops. We do around the big sky in women's hoops each Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. So uh, implementing a little around the big sky in men's hoops here on Thursdays. First of all, here's a standings update for you. Eastern Washington, there's three games left in the regular season. Tonight, a slate of games. Saturday, a slate of games. Monday, a slate of games. So everybody's got three games left. Actually, that reminds me. Speaking of a Monday game, we got tickets to the Grizz final home game Monday against Idaho State. You want to go to Montana, Idaho State? There could be, uh, well, there's certainly going to be something on the line. That's what's great about postseason play. Everybody's going to be jockeying for for seeding, but there could be a lot on the line. We'll get to that in just a minute. But Idaho State, I'd actually say one of the surprise teams in the league. They're 7-8 and eight in the league, so it's not some sort of crazy impressive record, but they're tied for fifth place right now, and they're tied with the Cats, and they're ahead of Portland State. Uh, coming into the year, I would have said Idaho State was behind all those teams. So, good year for Ryan Looney's squad. It could be a great year, depending on uh, what happens for them the, le- the next couple of uh, 
days. You know, I mean, if Idaho State plays themselves into a four or five seed, that's that's good. That's good work by uh, Ryan Looney and his staff. So, um, lot to play for both squads, Montana and Idaho State on Monday. You want to go to the game? We got tickets for you. Four zero six eight 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 one zero two nine. That's triple eight one zero two nine. Here's what we'll do, Stafford. If they want four of them, they can have four of them. But if you just want a pair, let us know. So call right now, 406-888-1029. Caller number two, we got tickets for you to Idaho State and Montana on Monday night at Dahlberg Arena, the regular season finale for both those squads and the last day of the regular season around the Big Sky Conference. So here's where we're at in terms of the standings. Eastern Washington is two games up on everybody. They're 12-3 and in conference play. Montana and Northern Colorado are each... Uh, two games back, they each are ten and five in conference play. So that means if Eastern beats Montana tonight, they'll basically have a three-game lead over the Grizz with uh, two games to play. So that that would mean that the Grizz would be eliminated from conference title contention. Northern Colorado plays at Weber State tonight. A Northern Colorado win could keep them alive at least for one more day. They'd have to get help to then share the league title, but they could uh, still stay in the mix to at least share it with the Eagles if they win at Weber tonight. If Weber wins, UNC would also be eliminated. So basically an Eastern Washington win and a Weber State win, and Eastern will be your outright Big Sky Conference champions. If Montana can win in Cheney, that then leaves the door open for Montana, Northern Colorado, and Weber State. One of the two between Weber State and Northern Colorado, depending on how that game goes tonight. But that's a that's a good one and should be a fun one down there. Uh, and then Idaho State, Montana State, each tied for fifth at seven and eight. Portland State sitting there at seventh at seven and nine. Northern Arizona is six and nine. They're in eighth. Idaho is five and ten. They are in ninth. And Sac State is three and thirteen. They're in tenth last place. But they are coming off a win in Bozeman on Saturday. So maybe that gives uh, the Sac State squad that had lost 11 in a row uh, some upward momentum. How it all went down last Saturday, Idaho beat Northern Arizona 86-76. Idaho State drilled Weber 80-62. Weber had won six in a row, but that's a season sweep for Idaho State over the Wildcats. They just walled off Dylan Jones. They had him all sorts of frustrated. And uh, Brayden Parker, who's the Big Sky Player of the Week, he went nuts. He had 25 points and 14 rebounds, plus three block shots. Uh, Miguel Tomley had 26 points for the uh, for the the Bengals. So that's a big win for Idaho State. It's a bad loss for Weber State, and uh, certainly colors what's going to happen this weekend. If Weber would have got taking care of business there, they would also be still more in the mix. They're kind of, sort of, slightly in the mix for the league title. They're definitely in the mix for one of the top two or three seeds, though depending on what happens tonight. Uh, Eastern Washington, a huge win at UNC. That strengthened their lead. If Northern Colorado would have won that one, they could have been just one game back of Eastern coming into the last weekend, but that's a big win by Eastern, especially after they they fell at Northern Arizona on Thursday. And then last Saturday in Missoula, Montana, a nice win, 82-73 over Portland State. Your schedule tonight, again, Montana's at Eastern Washington. Montana State's at Idaho Northern Arizona's at Idaho State, and then Northern Colorado's at Weber. Saturday, NAU's at Weber. Portland State's at SAC. Montana at Idaho. Montana State at Eastern. Northern Colorado at Idaho State. And then the Monday schedule is Northern Colorado, Northern Arizona. Eastern Washington in Sacramento. Idaho State in Missoula. Congratulations to whoever won the tickets. And uh, Weber State at Montana State. Idaho at Portland State. So we'll have more clarity, certainly after tonight, and uh, definitely a affirmatively uh, on Monday. Well, as now ESPN Radio, we'll keep on talking college hoops and keep on giving you high school hoop scores on the other side. Don't change that dial. Keep it right here. 1029 ESPN Missoula. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, but not today because a little Frontier Conference uh, tournament action rolling on SWX. But you can always find us as well streamed on the ESPN MT app. You can also always stream from our station website, 1029ESPN.com. A little prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Gave you some double A scores. How about 
some of the smaller school tournaments that are going on. I'm so interested in the dynamic of the why of when little towns in Montana, Class B or Class C towns, and, and subsequently their high schools, have these, these runs of these tremendous athletes, right? Like the cliche is always to say, well, there's just something in the water, right? There's something in the water at that time. Well, a lot of times, especially in Montana, the reason this is so interesting to me is Montana, for those of you that are new around here, you got to understand that Montana right now is a place that's experiencing a big-time population boom. We're getting all sorts of new-age jobs coming to the state, particularly in Missoula and Bozeman. There's a wave of tech. There's a wave of people that are moving here to work remotely. That's all fine and good. I'm all about growth as long as it's healthy and sustainable growth. Montana, though, forever was a state that was based on industry. You were moving here to have a a blue-collar job. You were moving here to work in the lumber yard, to be a forester, to be a logger, to be a miner, to be a, you know, a cattle rancher, a farmer. That's what you were doing. You were working in ag. You were working off the land. You were working hard. That's why Montana has such this, this ethos of, of work ethic. So when then you're talking about, like in the early 1990s, I talked to Blaine McElmurray about this once upon a time. He's a former Grizz uh, safety who then played in the NFL. There was a run of great athletes out of Troy, in the late 80s and early 90s. Why was that? Well, because the mine was rolling. The mine was going, so there was people moving to town, so there's more people. More people equals more opportunities to have uh, great athletes come out of your town. Well, then you're talking about other little towns when they experience booms. You know, coal Strip has, has had that before, like when the coal plants are going or when they're not, sort of ebbs and flows. But there's just interesting little ones happening now. Big Fork... I think is is one that's that's I think it's a COVID effect. Rajim Seabrook brought this up last week on Nuanas. Now, by the way, he'll join us tomorrow. I'm very excited for that. Actually, this is a an OG reunion because Jeff's going, Jeff Safford, who's sitting behind the glass today, he's on his way to Butte tomorrow. So um Tommy, Mr. Tommy Evans will be sitting behind the glass. So we'll have a a little old school trio. It's probably been shoot, I don't even know. It's probably been like Four or five years since me, Tommy, and Rajim did a, a show together. So buckle up for that one. But Rajim was saying he thinks that the Big Fork rise. I mean, first of all, the Big Fork girls is a very easy thing to explain. Because in basketball, if you have two, three tremendous elite talents, you're going to be really good. And that's what Big Fork's girls basketball team has right now. They're currently trying to become the first high school basketball program in the state of Montana to go back-to-back championships in two different classifications. They ran through Class B last year. They're running through Class A this year. So that one, though, he, he thinks it's because of the, the sort of reallocation of people in the Flathead Valley or, or just people moving that direction. It's interesting. Like, how does Big Fork move up from Class B to Class A? There's obviously a, a population influx. That one makes more sense to me, though. I think there's some other interesting dynamics, like, for example, Chinook just moved up. Why? What's driving people to Chinook? That's that's an interesting thing. Fairview is about to move up from Class C to Class B. Well, that's also very fascinating. I mean, Fairview is like an 800-person town that's closer to North Dakota than it is most most things in Montana. So why? What's what's going on? What's the jobs? You know, because you move to a place, you have to work somewhere, <laughs> right? Like we all have to have a job. So I, I'm just fascinated by this. I also think there's some tourism elements to it as well. And the reason I, I think I talk about this right now is there's been a great group of athletes lately in Red Lodge. Red Lodge has been growing, and I think Red Lodge has been growing because of uh, the Yellowstone effect, the spillover uh, from the population boom that's going on in and around the Billings area right outside Yellowstone County. It's a beautiful place to live. They have skiing. It's a little bit of, It has a little bit of a tourist town feel. I know they don't want that to be what it fully becomes, but there's certainly a tourism draw there. I think that's good for the local economy. And all those things have then contributed to Red Lodge having a bunch of great athletes. I mean, you're talking, uh, I think there was two or three guys on the Montana State football roster last year from Red Lodge. A a young man from Red Lodge this year signed with Montana to play football. And they're really good in basketball as well. So that's your first score from the Southern B. That's a long way of getting to these scores, but I wanted to give you a little commentary on the state of affairs here in the Treasure State. Red Lodge beats St. LeBray, 92-73. Impressive. Rams are now 18-2. and two. 
Nick Morian, Thomas Buchanan, and Calvin Garman each had 19 points for the Rams. So that's a that's a nice Southern B win. Manhattan, they've they've got some good stuff. I mean, there's another f- interesting dynamic, right? Manhattan's only about 17 miles outside of Bozeman. So you have the spillover from the growth of Bozeman that's influencing it. But you also have a great ag-based town, a ranching town in Manhattan that has great values and great athletes. They've always been good at sports. So now you're meshing sort of the old school ethos of Montana with the new school big city resources of Bozeman. It's also no surprise Manhattan's really good. Well, Manhattan beats Lame Deer 62-51. Tigers are now 20-1 and uh, so far this season. Sam Stewart, 15 points. Michael Stewart, 14 points to lead the Tigers. A uh, little Class C, Eastern C scores. Freud Lake, they beat Seiko Whitewater-Hinsdale 56-48. That's his boys' basketball. Have no fear. Seiko Whitewater-Hinsdale, absolutely one of the, the uh, premier teams in girls' basketball in the state, period. Not just in Class C. Mason Deathman, a young man who's joined this show before uh, from Freud Lake, stud football player, head of the cast to play football. He had 26 points uh, to lead Freud Lake. They uh, Freud Lake... Didn't start the year well at all, and now they're rolling. They won their district tournament, and now they got to win in the first round of their divisional tournament. They're only ten and ten, but they—I bet you—they've won four, five, six in a row. So definitely peaking at the right time. Other uh, Eastern C scores: Culbertson beats Savage forty-nine, forty-eight. Dante Eagleboy has twenty points uh, to lead the Cowboys. They're just seven and thirteen, but they. Uh, beating Savage is is shocking because Savage came into the districts last week with only one loss. Then they lost a couple, but they still made it to the divisionals. Now uh, they're into the loser out game. They're 16 and four, but three of their losses have come in the last two weeks. So uh, certainly fighting for their season in the Southern Sea. Melstone 62, Roberts 33, Nolan Cameron 35 points to lead the Bronx. They're now 17 and four, and they dropped the Rockets uh, into the losers bracket. Southern B girls Baker, who certainly is going to be a contender. Uh, in Class B. Masson O'Connor did it all. She had 25 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists, and 6 steals to lead Baker to a 66-48 win over Columbus. Eastern C in the girls' side. Plentywood keeps on rolling. They're now 19-3. They beat Circle 45-26. Mallory Tomaroop, who's a young lady we've mentioned several times on this show, she has 17 points to lead Plentywood. And then Scobie, they beat Richie Lambert 40 to 24. Katie Onstad has 16 points to lead the way for the Spartans, who are now 17 and 5. So as as long as those scores keep coming in, we'll keep updating you on the scores. Our number two, high school hoops, college hoops, but first, some college football. Tyler Walker, the new offensive coordinator for Montana State, our guest live. Looking forward to having Coach Walker on the show, not for the first time, but in the first time in his new capacity. That's next. Our number two coming at you. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 